This is Photo BizX, episode number 450, and today our special guest is a boudoir photographer who transitioned from another genre and has never looked back. What I love about this interview, and I'm sure you will too, is our guest is working from home. She's taken courses from other successful photographers, implemented those things into her business, and is doing incredibly well as a result of implementing what she has learned. Of course, she's added her own personal touches. Sales are fantastic. Lead generation is coming easily, and the bookings are consistent. I know you're going to love this one. Our special guest is Chelsea Smith, who I had so much fun interviewing, and I hope you get a ton from this one too. It's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am back from a week away cycling in the Victorian Alps in Australia. I feel refreshed. Well, as refreshed as you could be after cycling 100 odd kilometres a day up some of the biggest mountains Australia has to offer, followed by golf most afternoons, a few beers after golf, plenty of eating, lots of laughs and good times shared. One of the interesting things, well, maybe not interesting, but somewhat frustrating things that happened was on the way down to Bright, I had a stopover one night in Goulburn just to break up the trip. I wake up the following morning, ready to head down to Bright, and my phone is dead. Like, it just will not turn on. It's absolutely (laughs) stone cold dead. And the really frustrating thing in the very beginning was not having access to my podcasts and to my Audible app. <laughs> that was so annoying. I was partway through the Matthew McConaughey book and I really wanted to hear the rest of the book on my long drive and couldn't access it. So once I got to Bright, I asked my mates there to Google how I can possibly restart the phone. I tried every combination we could find and yeah, the phone was totally dead. I was in a small country town, no Apple store anywhere to be found. So I was basically going to be without a phone for a week. And some of my friends were like, oh my God, I could not live like that. I would be driving to find a store. I I couldn't go a week without my phone. I thought, yeah, I I didn't think it was going to be that bad. And I've got to say, I I didn't have internet access either because I was going to be hotspotting because there was no Wi-Fi where I was staying in this small caravan park in country Victoria. So yeah, it was going to be an internet-free week away, which was a little bit scary. But I thought, yeah, okay, it won't be so bad. And for me, it wasn't so bad. It did turn out that a friend of mine had an old iPhone 4 (laughs) that he was able to loan me for the week. I'm still using the iPhone 4 now until my phone either gets fixed or thrown away if it's unfixable. So I did have access to a phone and SMS. That was it. And yeah, it wasn't so bad. I did come back to a lot of emails and messages and I felt a little bit lost not being able to get into the PhotobizX premium members group and answer any of the members' emails that I had to. But that's my focus today and throughout the rest of the week. But you, how would you go without a phone for a week? Could you survive? Like, does your heart start palpitating at the thought of not having a phone for a whole week? Or would you find it refreshing and a nice way to be forced to put your phone away for a week? 
My guess is that you fall into one of each of those camps. Like, yes, this is going to be great. No internet, no phone, no distractions for a week. Or the total opposite, freaking out at the thought. <laughs> Let me know, have you ever gone for a week or so without your phone? Forced, or even as a choice, have you ever tried to go phone-free for a week? One of the most annoying things to me was when we went to the local pub in Bright, the brewery as it's called, and you had to order using a QR code. That's how you access the menu, how you paid. That was the most frustrating part because I didn't have that ability. So I was asking friends to, to buy me dinner. Of course, I was going to pay them back. But yeah, as that, was a little bit, that was a little bit strange. I didn't like that part. But that was probably the, the biggest inconvenience. Anyway, yeah, look, love to hear your thoughts. Let me know. Have you gone for a week without your phone or even thought about it? And how was it? My guess is your answer will vary depending on your age. If you didn't catch last week's interview with David Dusherman, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one. He is an incredible speaker, a fantastic photographer. He's lived an amazing life and continues to do so. And he does marketing in a way that I feel is so different to the way you and I do our marketing. He's not on Facebook. He's not on Instagram. He does rely on email, but he does his marketing in a way that is just helpful. He's just connecting with friends on his email list. And I love that approach. And I, I honestly, I hope that's the kind of feel that I create when I send my emails out. But David takes it to a next level and he shares exactly how he does that in last week's episode. So make sure you do get back and have a listen to David Dusherman in that interview from last week if you haven't heard that one. I think you might find it refreshing if you don't like the idea of marketing. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. We are going to jump into this interview with Chelsea Smith in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are not going to hear the full interview today with Chelsea. I am saving a little portion of the second half of premium members only. It's where we go deep into how she's utilizing her Facebook group to grow her business, to generate leads, bring new people in, generate bookings, create that sense of community, basically how that whole side of her business works. And you will have heard already that it is a major factor in the success of her business. So if you'd like to hear the full interview today with Chelsea, you can do that for as little as $1 with a trial membership. It's a 30-day trial membership, and you can learn more about it over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a boudoir photographer based in Canada, working hard and focused on delivering a great experience for her clients. She wants her women to feel like a model for the day in their very own magazine-style photo shoot with hair and makeup. Her website features a page of incredible before and after images, along with information and galleries, but I don't see any sign of pricing anywhere. She also co-hosts a podcast, Don't Mind If We Do, where everyday women share stories and talk over wine or coffee. She's a single mum, although I did hear that she met a guy in one of her recent podcast episodes where they discuss first dates and much more. I'm excited to talk to a photographer focused on clients more so than other photographers. I'm talking about Chelsea Smith, VintageChickPortrait.com, and I'm wrapped to say that she's here with us now. Chelsea, welcome. Hello, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so with that little laugh while I was reading the intro, I guess, I guess yeah. we all have to know, <laughs> how did that work out with the guy? 
Well, there have been a couple mentions of a couple different guys on the <laughs> podcast, and they are not any longer, but uh, there's a new one now. So, you know, just keep following along because the story <laughs> changes. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, I think the one I tuned into, you were um, you were talking to or talking about Mr. Week 3. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that was way long ago. No, that's yeah. long gone. <laughs> His name didn't even make it on the podcast, so no. <laughs> okay. So tell me about your business. How did you get started in boudoir photography? Was that always your, your main focus? It was not always my main focus. I had no interest actually in doing boudoir at all. I had a couple photography friends that were really into boudoir and I just always had said, great for you. It's not really my thing. I didn't feel a connection to it. And then one of my mentors, Sue Bryce, had shared in some of the education that I was doing through her a whole different style of boudoir called the white sheets. And that, I will just say, changed my life. And I think many other women's lives that have come into my studio, it's the most amazing boudoir style that I've seen. So what was it about that style that, you know, really pulled you towards it? Yeah. So the way I try to describe it to my clients when they're thinking about booking with me or other photographers is there is a Saturday night boudoir, like a sexy, dark, moody Saturday night style. And then my style, I describe more as like a Sunday morning style boudoir where you're fully in the daylight, the sun, you're having coffee, you're smiling, you're laughing. This is very different, a different feeling than the dark, sultry, moody style. Sure, but the women are still in a dressed in lingerie. Or... They are, yeah, they're still in lingerie. We use white sheets a bit more than the darker style of boudoir, but they are still in lingerie. We are still bringing out all the confidence that they have, and they are still feeling amazing and powerful, but it's bright and it's light, and we're laughing, and it's just a little bit different than the Saturday night, super sexy, sultry, moody style. Got it, got it. So when you explain to your potential clients, you know, this Sunday morning bright style, do you feel that they're more fearful of that because it is light and bright? No. So, so many of my clients prefer that. And I think that's where I differentiate from the other boudoir photographers in my city is a lot of people do like the dark moody style, but then there are other people who love the bright and light and airy and just out in the open they enjoy it and so they are my clients i love it i love it i want to go back and delve into how you sort of made that transition but just you mentioned your city there can you give us a snapshot of where you're based and where you're pulling your clients from for sure i am in victoria bc on vancouver island in canada so the island ranges there's a whole bunch of cities that go up the island so my clients travel as far as about four hours from the top of the island down to see me and then more in my city as well. Fantastic. So I'm a little bit familiar with Vancouver Island because I have listeners there, but I've also got a really good friend who's a school teacher who did an exchange program and taught on the island for 12 months and he came back raving about it. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Nice. It's beautiful. You live in a beautiful part of the world. I do. Yes. As do you though. <laughs> I do. I do. Mm-hmm. So how, like, how big is the island? How big is the, did you mention the population there that you're pulling from? I did not because I have no idea. Embarrassingly (laughs) enough, I don't know. Not sure. Okay. All right. (laughs) It's not, it's small. It's not like Vancouver or 
big cities like Calgary. Victoria is a smaller city. And then the island has little small cities up and down the island. Got it. Okay. So, and just talk to me a little bit about your ideal client. Is she a single mum like you? Is she, uh, you know, young and upcoming and, and business savvy? Like who is she? My ideal clients are, they're a mix of all of what you just described. They are more so women who have maybe forgotten how beautiful they are or got lost in life of being a mom or a career woman or just all sorts of different things, illnesses. There's a ton of different things that sucks our confidence from us sometimes. And so my ideal client is somebody who might be missing that or forgotten that little piece about them. And so when they come see me and we hang out for the day and they have the experience here and go home with their gorgeous images, they realize what they had lost or forgotten about about themselves and they see what everyone else sees about them every day. Nice. So do you, do you market yourself as a boudoir photographer? Because I'm seeing more and more photographers in your genre, you know, saying that they are a body confidence photographer or they're a women's empowerment photographer. Are you still using the terminology boudoir? I am using the term boudoir. And then I also add in an empowerment specialist as well. So I do still use boudoir. Lots of people know what it is and they, when they're looking for that, that's what they're pulling up to see. So they're actually searching for boudoir mm-hmm. if they're looking right. Yeah. And is that what you do find? I mean, I want to dive a little bit deeper into how clients are finding you, but is it women typing in boudoir photography into Google or are they seeing your ads or getting vouchers? No. Well, I don't. They're not finding me on Google, probably. I was doing a little bit of SEO for a bit, but I have a Facebook VIP group and that's where most of my clients come from. There's about 4,000 women in my group and a lot of them are past clients and then a lot of them are clients who are waiting and just watching. I have people that have booked saying they've been waiting for a year or two years to book with me just from being in my group. So we do lots of fun things in the group and a bunch of lives so they can see how we work as a team and what's all involved. And so that's where I try to bring women into the group and then they kind of we nurture them from there. Nice. Okay. You've just said we a couple of times. Who are you talking to? I did say we, like me and all my personalities. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God, okay. So no, no. <laughs> there, I have a wonderful hair and makeup team that works with me as well. So when I say we, I mean the three of us okay. because we spend the morning with the clients and, but in the group, it is, it's me. So I, I should say I, not we. <laughs> no, and that happens a lot. But, but so when you do talk about your business, it's you doing the, the advertising, the admin, the marketing, the Facebook group, the sales, the shooting. Yeah. I have one company that does my ads for me because I am not ad savvy. This is your Facebook ads? I have Facebook and Google ads with them. This marketing team runs my ads for me, but I do like, I do the marketing in my group and on Facebook and stuff like that, but they actually do my paid ads for me. Got it. Okay. And can you give us an idea of, you know, the health of the business? Like, is it successful? My business? Yeah. I feel like it is fairly successful. Yes. Yeah, we're at a good, I am at a good place. We, me. (laughs) Okay, let me be a bit more specific. Can you give us an idea of your turnover, your annual turnover? 
I can. Yeah. So I just hit a quarter million this year for 2021. Unreal. In sales. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That is awesome. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. It was 175,000 last year. So I've gone up quite a bit this year. So it's been amazing. Yeah. Been nice and busy. Wow. That is so good, Chelsea. That's amazing. So what is your client spending on average? My average sale is about between four and 5,000 per client. Amazing. Yeah. That is so good. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's an investment for sure. Yeah. Does it blow you away, you know, saying those numbers or are you so used to it that you feel comfortable with those numbers? You know what? I feel comfortable with the numbers, but it blows me away that this is where my business has gotten to from where it was. It's just, it is still an amazing feeling and I'm still super grateful for each and every client that I've had that has helped my business get to this spot. That is so good. Congratulations. I mean, the women, they must absolutely fall in love with you and your work and the experience to make those investments. It's so good. Yeah, it is a good experience. And the three of us, we try to make it a great day, the hair and makeup team. And we like to call ourselves the dream team. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, boudoir wasn't something you had your eye on. You saw this, this training from Sue. So what were you doing beforehand? I was doing more of the modern glam glamour shots that Sue Bryce also teaches. So the more Vanity Fair style, magazine style photo shoots. And was that business successful? It was for sure. And now I've kind of combined the two into one. So when somebody comes in for a boudoir shoot with me, they still get completely glammed up in big tool couture skirts and dresses mix with the lingerie so it's quite like they get to play dress up in different ways than just showing up with lingerie so it's it's fun because you get to be glam and a queen for a day but also beautiful and empowered in your lingerie as well so I've taken two of her things and combined them together to make something that we love in this studio okay wow okay so when you made that or decided to start making the transition in your head, did you always know that you would have, you'd be adding boudoir to what you were doing to your Vanity Fair shoots? No, I never, ever thought. I never wanted to. I didn't think I would feel comfortable doing it. I didn't think I would be able to make women feel comfortable to do that kind of a session with me. And once I saw the training for the white sheet session with Sue, um, I did, I had a friend come over. I'm like, oh, let's try this. It's something new. It's something different. Let's just try it out. And one that was the one session I did and haven't looked back. I've done it ever since. It was amazing. Well, okay. So now when women, you know, come to you, do they do they expect to have like an equal number of, you know, of both photos or are they um, it's up to them. Okay. So do some of them still come in for the original Vanity Fair type session and not the boudoir? Not very often. I am now mean I probably ninety-five percent boudoir. Okay. So then what happens then? So someone comes in for a boudoir session. Do you suggest starting with the Vanity Fair type shoot or do you just mix and match during the day? Well, most of my clients that come in have seen photos in my group. And so a lot of them show up knowing what outfits of mine they want to use. And then if they haven't, then we just talk about it while they're getting hair and makeup done. And I show them um, my studio is super tiny. It's very small. So all the dresses and outfits are literally right there, almost touching them while they get their hair and makeup done. So they could see them all. And so while we're 
preparing them and they're getting ready, then they have the chance to go through and look at the different skirts and dresses that they can choose. And then we kind of get their outfits picked before they start their session. Okay. And then how many changes or setups would you do in a, in a general session? I like to do four different outfits. Okay. And this is a full day session? Because you, I mean, you've said that a couple of times, but is it really a full day? It's not. No, I said full day, but we start at 10 and we're done by about 1.30. Oh, okay. Including hair and makeup. So it's half a day. That's a full day in Australian terms yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> I only do one session a day, so it's like a full day, but because we're not having another client showing up after. So to me, it seems like a full day, but yeah, it's only technically a few hours. Wow. Okay. So now I'm getting a better picture now of how you can build the business you have, because it also fits beautifully around having your, your son. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, you, know, you can be a mum and be there mm. for him as well. Yeah. It's school hours. I get home from dropping him off and then we start and then they leave and I can leave to go pick up my son right after. So it works perfect. And I couldn't imagine having a different job with different hours. That's so good. And what about, I mean, do you get a big request for Saturdays or Saturdays and Sundays? Um, I used to offer that and then I stopped offering it and I was a little nervous to stop and say only weekdays and it is rarely an issue. I'm at the stage now in my business where people will book their day off work to be able to get in with me, which is amazing. Wow, congratulations. So, yeah. so you don't even offer the weekend anymore? I don't. No, I do not have weekend spots. Again, how much of a downturn did you see in the business when you stopped offering weekends? Not at all. <laughs> That's no. so good. <laughs> no, people take the day off work. Unreal. So take me back to, you know, when you started to add these white sheet sessions. And I imagine, and I'm only guessing here, that, you know, you weren't averaging four to $5,000 per client. Did you get the higher sales because you had more photos to show or because you changed your price list and increased it? Uh, that was a little bit of both, but more so adding how many images that they actually saw and changing the workflow of my sessions. And that was, uh, so Sue Rice was a huge part of my career. And then I took another mastermind course with Jen Bruno-Smith, who now has been the hugest part of my career and I owe her so much. She's been an amazing mentor and her mastermind course has changed the way my business has went. So with her training, um, she trains a bit differently. So there's different posing and different amounts of images shown to the clients. So they see, I used to show 25 images to my clients and now I show about 140. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a lot. Yeah. So it's a huge difference, huge difference. Yeah. And so with Jen's pricing, Sue's pricing and Jen's pricing were kind of on par. So I wasn't, it wasn't a shock to have the higher price list when I joined Jen's group. But there was just more options and more things available, which changed what I offered my clients. So it's how my business grew the way it did. All right. So one of the things I hear from listeners and members, particularly photographers, sometimes in Canada, but more so in the UK, that they just don't understand or believe that clients are paying the kind of money they are for the experiences they're getting from photographers. Can you just go into detail, a little bit of detail about when you upped your prices initially, like how did you feel? Was that scary for you? And, and what kind of what kind of uh, pushback did you get from clients? It was not scary. I had a friend that I had met 
only online. She's an amazing photographer in North Dakota, I believe. And she's actually, I would say that I owe everything to her. And she just started to rip apart my photos online once at the very beginning when I started. And I thought I was so great. And she came on and said, this is like, this is terrible. And she started like, who is this nasty woman? And then we messaged and she started just actually sharing like, hey, there's education available and there's, you could be doing this and fixing this and all of that. And then she had mentioned um, like you could sell a five by seven print for this amount, like, oh, it's like 25 cents at Walmart though to develop. I could never sell that. And so she's the one who actually taught me that there's actually so much more into a print that you are giving your client than just developing it at Walmart. And so as soon as we went over that and we talked about the whole process and everything that you put into the images that she gave me a number, I was, yeah, I changed my prices instantly. I was very excited. Wow. So did you feel though that your photography had to improve to charge the prices that you wanted to be charging? Oh, for sure. Yes. And so she is who introduced me to Sue Bryce and her mentoring program. And so I did that and then started working through courses with Sue. And then you just build the portfolio up so that you have a portfolio that you're actually proud of. And it was a world of a difference from what I had before. So you just didn't know what you didn't know. I didn't know. Exactly. I had no clue what was available, what was out there. I would have thought a photography course maybe was at the college or the university, but I didn't have a clue that there was amazing, talented mentors out there that had their own programs that you could do and grow and get the skills that you needed. Yeah, I had no idea. Wow. Okay. So you've had some real life-changing moments along the way with these introductions. Yeah. I have. Yes. Yeah, it's been amazing. <laughs> so what is it? What was the biggest thing in regards to, you know, generating higher sales that you did? What was it? I mean, it sounds like you already had a good price list. Mm-hmm, I did. But then it sounded like Jen had you introduce a new, was it new products or different ways you sold the products? Um, there was, I did change my products from what Sue was offering or suggesting to what uh, Jen was. So I did change products. I went from folio boxes with prints to, sorry, my dog is barking, trying to get in. That's all good. What kind of dog do you have? <laughs> She's a Pomeranian terrier. <laughs> so I went from the folio boxes to the albums just because my packages also included now way more images versus what a folio box could hold. And so just, I did change over two different things that Jen offered in her information. And then the prices definitely, her price list is a higher price list, if that makes sense. Like it goes higher, but the prices that I had, like my highest package when I was doing Sue's education was 4,000. And so it wasn't a shock to me when Jen's came in, but Jen's highest package is 8,000. So it was just you could add in more options with more images, but I couldn't sell an $8,000 package only showing 25 images. Yeah, got it. Okay, so you basically introduced a chance for clients to spend more if they actually want to. Totally, like more options and more images to see. So after talking to Jen and getting some training from her, it sounds like you moved away from the reveal wall in the portfolio box, moved to albums, 
but also then I'm guessing you then you have different size albums or ability to add extra pages like a wedding photographer would. Totally. Yeah. So I have different size albums. I have packages that include digitals as well as the album or just packages that include just the images that are printed and no digitals. And then I have ones that include wall art and there's different wall art that she had introduced me to like metal prints. And so now I feel like I am, I'm happy now with all the samples that I have that I offer my clients. Like I have so many different samples that I've bought over the years that I thought I would offer. And I have a lot of stuff that I don't use anymore because it's taken a few years to get it down to a fine art of what I want to give my clients. So the things that you had that you don't want to be selling or showing now, they're hidden away. Like the client doesn't even see those, do they? They don't see them. No, they're in my office, which is also my podcast studio, which is it's getting pretty full. So <laughs> have to, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I just uh, have them. Yeah. Yeah. So talk me through, let's say Linda, my wife, comes in for a session and she has an amazing day with the dream team mm-hmm. and... Uh, <laughs> What happens you know, after the session? Do you schedule her then for a sales appointment or is that online because of COVID? No. Well, during COVID, we did do a couple over Zoom, but where we live, it kind of opened up and we're just following all the safety protocols and it's only one person and we have masks and all the stuff that we need to have. Um, I don't enjoy a reveal ordering appointment online. It's not the same to me. Okay. So clients will still make an additional trip, you know, up to four hours to come to see you for the sales session. They will. I do try. So I had one client recently who came from quite far away and we did an ordering session uh, the same day. So she came back and saw her images not fully edited like they would normally because that is a long drive to come back for. So we did, I tried to make it a little bit easier for her. Um, but otherwise, yeah, they book an appointment. We usually book one to two weeks away, depending on if they have an occasion that they needed them for and they come back. And then my studio is set up very different and all my wall art samples and my albums and all my items are set up for them to see and touch and feel and go through all the different options on the investment guide. And they see all their images for the first time. I love the way you're talking about, you know, ordering appointment and purchasing guide and using these terms that you've obviously trained yourself to do. Yeah. Um, So I get this right. And the listeners on board with you here, the studio space, you actually clear all the studio equipment out and make that your ordering appointment (laughs) room. (laughs) Yes. So my studio is in my house. It's a front room of my house. So it's very small. It's about 300 square feet. And I have a problem with buying big, huge tool dresses, like I said. So I have a lot of garment racks that are full and overflowing of dresses. And then I have, I would say, four different sets that I use during a shoot as well. And so there's a lot of moving around and setting up and taking down and moving things out. It's not a glamorous behind the scenes, (laughs) um, but my clients just laugh and we just have fun. It's you wait four minutes while I take my air mattress down and put it away. And then we set up something else and it's, it is what it is and it works. And as long as the images that they're taking home forever, don't show the behind the scenes. It really, nobody has cared so far. No. Well, you can't tell. No, you can't tell. And for the ordering appointment, I have everything set up. 
I also have an amazing sales coach that I work with, and she has taught me how to properly set up for the ordering appointment. We used to meet in a restaurant, but now I've set up my studio and I just go through that extra work to take everything out and set up for the appointment with all the samples and the wall art and make it look like an art gallery because that is essentially what it is. Okay, so you used to do the ordering appointments in a restaurant with your clients? In a restaurant on a laptop. Yeah, they just saw the photos online and then chose them there. So I didn't bring all the samples. I didn't have as many samples as I do now. Wow. Okay. And then have the sales increased when you started doing them at home? They have. Yeah. So is that because of the samples, do you think, or because the client? I think. Right. Samples. I think it's because of the samples. So one thing that my sales coach had talked about was for my top package, the most expensive one, it used to come with a print credit. And so she had recommended that I order exactly what that print credit would be worth so that I could show my clients all of these and this and this, that's what you would get in this package. And it was all of one person. So it would show them the gallery of basically of themselves that would be on their wall or the possibility of it. And so that has changed a lot. Having all the different sizes and the different options available for them to see and touch is way different. Got it. Okay. So let me go back to my hypothetical. So Linda comes back in for this ordering appointment. She comes into your home. The studio has been transformed into a gallery type setting. What happens Does she sit down and did you do the reveal on the wall or is it on the computer? So the reveal is on still on my laptop. They get to see a slideshow. That's about three minutes with music. It's all the color images from their session that I'm showing them. And then we go back and we go through one at a time. And then when they're going through one at a time, there's also the black and white image of the same photo that they get to see as well. And what are you doing that in? Is that in Fundy or ProSelect? No, I just do it in a folder on my computer. Oh, just like in Lightroom or just... Not even. So just hitting the space (laughs) bar and bringing them up in preview. (laughs) Yeah, I just have a folder with their name on it and I bring it up and we go through them. There's probably way better ways to do it. Probably, but but who cares? Yeah, this one works and we have a process. They go through once. They're not allowed to comment any negative things about themselves for the first round. They have to just look and enjoy them. And then we go through all the different products. I close the computer. They go through the different albums. They touch and feel like some of my albums have velvet matte pages. So it makes a difference to actually rub your hands all over them, get a feel for all the things And then we go through the package lists and then we go back again through the images and they start making their choices. Got it. Okay. And are you actually laying out the album design then and there and making notes? No, I don't. Nope. They all just trust me after seeing, because I have about probably 10 albums for my samples. And so they've seen them all and they just pick their images and then I put the album together for them. I've only had one client in four, five years ask to be a part of the design process. And that was totally fine too. Fantastic. Yeah. So when would Linda first get an idea of your pricing? Because in the intro, I said, you know, I went through your website. I don't see anything about pricing. There is no pricing on my website, but so when let's say Linda had found my name somewhere and she wanted some more information, we would be texting or emailing however it was that she contacted me. And then I would give her the information about the session fee and what's all included and all the things that we do. 
And then we set up a phone consultation. And so then we'd chat once she booked a phone call, we would chat about all the details, all the fun things involved. I would walk her through the experience and then I walk her through what the minimum investment is and that the packages go up from that price. And then once she's booked and she sends her session fee retainer, we start an email process and then she gets the first email that has the full investment guide that she can go through as well with the welcome email. Got it. Okay. So I'm guessing because you have a team with a hair and makeup artist that the booking fee or the session fee is going to be around five or $600? No, mine is right now it's $297. Oh, okay. And that's not a big outlay to get started. No, it covers the hair and makeup basically. Okay. So then what would you tell me or Linda is the minimum investment? Uh, the minimum investment for my packages is $899. And that's my starter package that includes five matted prints that are ready to go in frames. And then I would tell her that the investment goes up from there. And I let her know that some clients do choose that option, but most spend more and few spend several thousand. Okay, cool. So then Linda will be looking over the price list of the investment guide. Mm -hmm. When she comes in after the session for the ordering appointment, if she, in her head, if she has the idea of spending $8.99, is that something you even discuss or you just go in and just let her find her way to, you know, to spending more? Yeah, I definitely don't say anything. I have my investment guide printed out for when they do arrive and they can see it in paper because it's kind of hard to see online sometimes and some people don't like looking at things on their phone. So I do have a printed copy when they arrive. Um, after we've gone through all the different products, then we pull out the investment guide and we go through and I tell them how many images they've seen. And then we go through the packages because each package has a different amount of images in it. And so if they hated all of them, which has never happened, <laughs> um, but if they hated them all, then they would be geared towards the five image package, but nobody hates them. So I have most ladies in my group always make jokes about how the ordering appointment is the funnest part, but it's the hardest part and narrowing down and deleting is the hardest part, but they love it. And it is, yeah, it is what it is. They choose whatever they can make work for them. Yeah. This is such a great business. And I just love so much about what you're sharing, Chelsea, because you know, you're doing this from home, from the front room of your home. You're converting a small space. You know, you've got two uses for it. It's not high tech, but you're still doing everything that the, um, you know, the, the super successful coaches are teaching in your own way. Yeah. I mean, they must freak out when they, or do they? Do they freak out when they see what you're doing compared to, because I mean, when I've interviewed Jen and Sue. Mm -hmm. Which is amazing that now I'm on here. I feel extremely honored just to let you know. And if they ever listen to this, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, talking to Jen, she has this amazing studio space, like a two-story, you know, separate car parking. They go down and meet their client. Like it just sounds super fancy. Well, she does now. She just got that. She was shooting out of her house as well for years. Yeah. A beautiful house. Her house is very different than mine, but her house was her studio just before COVID. Yeah. Okay. True. True. Yeah. And Sue started in her garage. She did. She, she did. did. <laughs> <laughs> so they're both very inspiring women, those two powerhouse women for sure. 
So do you see that for yourself, you know, having a, a studio downtown or that's not something that's even on your radar? Oh, it is. And it will be next year. Definitely not downtown, but my goal is to purchase a property that has a small house on it. But then on the property, I will be building my dream studio. Unreal. Yeah. That sounds so good. That sounds so good. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. You know how you talked about showing 150-odd photos now? Do you fully color correct those and get them edited yes. before you show the clients? They're 100% edited. So retouched everything. Yes, everything. And that was another thing in Jen's program that changed, I would say, fully changed my life. She recommends hiring an editor instead of doing it yourself. And so I have an amazing editor who I have trained to edit exactly as I would edit. And so I send them to her and she edits them. And then I finish editing them once she's done some color correction and some skin stuff. And so by having that, I have been able to add more sessions in my life and still be able to function with other parts of my life. So <laughs> it's, it's been huge. That was probably the biggest, yeah, biggest thing. Is she Canadian or US based? She's not. She's in the States. Yeah, she is in, uh, oof, I'm not even sure. <laughs> She's amazing though. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find her? I think I found her in one of Jen's groups, one of the Facebook groups I'm in. Everyone's always looking for recommendations and referring people. And so I had, oh yeah, I did. I got her name from one of the girls that's in the mastermind course with Jen. Got it. Okay. I asked that question because I was expecting you to say somewhere like the Philippines, no, uh, you know, or India, but she's actually US based. So, so she then, I mean, you'd have to pay her, you know, a substantial amount for your editing. I do substantial amount. Yeah, but it is worth it. And now I've just got it incorporated in my pricing, and it's just part of the part of the routine. Yeah, perfect. I love that. And it's pretty perfect. So I couldn't imagine if she leaves me, I don't be very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, because it takes a while to get somebody to be doing it exactly how you would do it. We've had to send things back and I've had to tweak them and we've had to do screen recordings and like, because you want it perfect. You want your work to represent you. And so it had to be trained exactly how I do it, even if how I do it is weird compared to someone else she's used to or something. It just has to be exactly how I would do it. Yeah. So does she edit for you solely or does she have other photographers she contracts to? No, she has lots of others. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she'll incorporate a different style depending on who she's color correcting for. Yeah. Would be so tricky. Yeah. Wow. So can you share who it is? Are you happy to? Her name is Casey Caldwell. Casey Caldwell. I've actually heard that name. Fantastic. Have you? Yeah. 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 She's lovely. And she's so good at if I send something last minute and say, oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> I'll get it for you tomorrow. Like she's just, I would not be able to do this many sessions without her. So it's really changed your business by the sound of it. It has. Yeah. Everything that Jen has taught has changed my business. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things you didn't mention, which I thought would be like first on the list when I asked you about Linda, you know, making an inquiry was um, you didn't talk about your Facebook group. So is that at the top of the list to get her into that group? Or if she's making an inquiry, it doesn't matter so much. Premium members of Photobiz Exposed hear more 
of the best photography business strategies from every guest. You know how you talked earlier about transitioning, you know, from the different style into boudoir. Did you have a Facebook group back then? I did not. Okay, so knowing what you know now, would you have a group for that genre of photography? Um, I would. Yeah, I think so. Because my group, it's not really just about boudoir. It's about loving yourself and self-empowerment and just being surrounded by other women who are amazing. So I would say it's like 10% about my business in my group and 90% not even about boudoir. Got it. Love it. Chelsea, you have been absolutely amazing. I didn't know a lot about your business before we started and you have blown me away. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. You're amazing. Thank and, you. Uh, You're amazing. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. <laughs> and I can't wait to meet Linda when she books her session. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've pretty much booked her in for this session She's now. She's booked in. Great. <laughs> if nothing else, she can join my group though. So that's good. Well, I was going to ask you that. So for the women listening, where can they find your group? So it is called Under the White sheets with vintage sheet and it is just www.facebook.com slash groups slash under the white sheets i'm going to add a link in the show notes and for the male listeners (laughs) where can they go to see more of your work um on my website which as i said is not always updated but there is lots on there as well and it is just vintage chic portrait.com Vintage chick portrait.com. Oh, chic. C H I C. No chicks, just chic. <laughs> I, 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 that's all I've said is chic instead of chic. That's terrible. Now you learn something. <laughs> I'm going to get called a bogan for saying that now. <laughs> I'll forgive you. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Chelsea. <laughs> so, if we speak in 12 months' time, where do you expect your business to be just to finish off? In 12 months' time? Yeah. I will be decorating my dream studio for Christmas on my new property. Unreal. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Chelsea, again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing what you have. Thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Chelsea as much as I did. What a fun guest. I really had a great time talking to and interviewing Chelsea for this one. I hope you got a ton from it. Uh, Chelsea, if you are listening, thank you again so much for coming on, for being so open and honest and sharing everything you did. You are amazing. Your business is fantastic. And again, thank you so, so much. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Chelsea had to share. I've got links to anything and everything that she talked about in the show notes for today's episode. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 450. Now in those show notes, in addition to the links, I've got examples of her beautiful work where you can find her Facebook group if you are a female listener. (laughs) Sorry, gents, this one is off limits to you. And I honestly, I feel like there is so much we can take away from that interview and implement into our own businesses, even if we don't photograph boudoir. I'd love to hear if I am on the mark with that thought or you feel like these kind of interviews are so specific to boudoir photographers that you just can't utilize what you heard in your own business. Let me know your feedback. Let me know your thoughts in either the comments below the show notes or you can let me know inside the members Facebook group or via email. And talking about the members Facebook group, I'll be adding Chelsea into the group. So if you are a premium member, you'll have easy access to Chelsea if you have any follow-up questions. And of course, you can find Jen Bruno-Smith as well inside the members group. She's responsive and helpful in there if you have any follow-up questions. I'd love to see some questions and comments 
regarding the interview today with Chelsea and feel free to tag her if you do have a question. Photo Biz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. Don't forget, if you haven't done your goal setting for the year just yet, there is that 2022 goal setting for photography business owner training that was delivered by Jeff Brown Live a couple of weeks ago. You can access that on the PhotoBizX website. Just go to photobizx.com forward slash goal setting. The training is all there for you including all the supporting documents and links. I've also got links to where you can find Jeff's book that will help you with your goal setting on Amazon. And I was told by a listener that if you Google or search, sorry, inside Amazon, you might find some cheaper options for the book. But you do not need the color version. Get the black and white version, the soft cover. Have a look inside Amazon and uh, look for the cheapest option available there. That will definitely help with your goal setting. And uh, in regards to the training, it's a pay what you feel it's worth price on the training i've got to say a massive thanks to those photographers who have come in attended the live training or watched the recording and paid for the training paid what they thought it was worth that was fantastic there are a ton of photographers who were on the live training call who haven't done that which is a little bit disappointing uh, considering there are so many payment options there you can literally pay what you feel it was worth so if you were on the live training or you've watched the training since the recording please go to the bottom of the page and pay what you feel the training was worth. Because if you go ahead and do that, I can go ahead and offer the same kind of payment structure in the future. Uh, If it stays as it is, then yeah, I won't be doing this again. It's just not fair to Jeff. Uh, There was just too much work and time put in from his end to see so few people who were on the live training go ahead and, uh, and pay for his knowledge, time and expertise. Alrighty, that is going to wrap things up for this episode of the podcast. I hope you are safe, healthy, and well wherever you are in the world. I hope business is good. I hope you are ready to hit the ground running this week, and I hope it's a fantastic week for you. I'll be back next week with another episode. Actually, actually, I might even be back a little bit earlier than next week with a bonus interview from the coaching diarist who you may have heard interviews with at the beginning of last year. These are four photographers who hired coaches to help them with their businesses. And this is a follow-up audio diary entry from each of those photographers letting us know where they are now a year down the track after working with their coaches. Look out for that one to drop into your podcast app or feed, however you listen to the podcast. I'm going to try and get that out later this week if possible. Alrighty, until then, have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Enjoyed this episode? Head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 